0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: warm well, welcome it's episode 31 of Coastal Boxing by Week with myself Stuart Farmer and with my co-host Chris and cousin Chris How are we, mate?
2: Good, mate, good, good, good.
1: What what a weekend of combat sports. Now we're gonna cover the boxing in the first portion of the show. So if you're waiting for the UFC 266 and Bellator preview, that will be coming later, won't it, Chris? I just want to reiterate to the viewers the order yeah. of today's show, because yeah, just man. so much, so much has happened over the weekend, probably one of the most shocker weekends we've had since we started the show, I'd say.
2: Well, mate, there's a lot to talk about, a lot to cover, and a lot of fantastic <laughs> fights over the weekend, mate, and you know what I mean? We've got so much still to come as well, you know, Tyson Fury, we've got uh, Corral Ousman fighting, and mm. so much to get, you know, to cover as well, so we break into it, mate, we'll break into this uh, AJ and I uh, well, we can find it for us. There we go. And um, Usyk, uh, before we go into the VT that you uh, kindly set up for us today, just want to get your thoughts on what you felt in the fight.
1: He he won. He won two rounds in that fight. Some of them scorecards were absolutely ridiculous. He, five, five, and six. He pressured him a little bit. Uh, he didn't have enough punch output. But I'm going to say it's got to be the class of Usyk there that stopped him. Uh, he was constantly second-guessing himself, I felt. He didn't look comfortable in there. And they were saying, oh, Usyk's tiring, you know, 8th or ninth round. It couldn't have been for anything from the truth. He's, he's being found out here big time. And uh, Usyk eclipsed what I thought he'd actually do. I knew it'd be problematic, but mm-hmm. some of them scores aren't right at all. Uh, how did you feel on the scoring? Because, you know, we've had... A one seventeen, one twelve, a one sixteen, one twelve, and then the other one was up at one fifteen, one thirteen. I, Stephen, you know, it's doing who's sick of this service to how, how well he boxed and and his and you know his style of boxing.
2: Uh, if I'm honest, I, I was watching stuff today and they said about you know, um, they, some some judge gave uh, Joshua the first round and I'm like, Here you what? Ah, I, there was no, there was no contest in that at all. Usyk and I said this to you last week about his technical ability and his IQ as a boxer is so much beyond Joshua. And I know this, you know, Joshua has been great for the sport, but when you look at an actual boxer like a Tyson Fury and an Usyk, they are miles ahead of what Joshua can bring to the table. Which is sad. And it's frustrating. Yes, you know, being a British fighter, we want our Brits. In, no matter what combat sport we watch, we want them to do as well as they can. But he came up against. Uh, a force of nature on the weekend. Usyk's movement throughout the whole 12 wound, rounds, sorry, I sound like Jonathan Ronson, rounds, um, was absolutely fantastic. It was problematic for Joshua because Joshua couldn't get near him. Okay, he, got, he got Usyk a few times. You offered, you gave him two rounds. I'd probably give Joshua a, a round in that whole entire fight. I think Usyk was just fantastic. You know, they say he's a slow starter. I didn't see Usyk as a slow starter. He got, you know, went straight at it. Um, it was just too good, the movement. He was, you know, one minute he was he was he slowed down, then the next minute he went up again, and then he slowed down, then he went up again. The angles, he was cutting, and the constant head movement and and his movement of his feet was so good, it's just Joshua couldn't keep up with it. Joshua looked very stiff, you if I'm honest.
1: You know, considering Joshua is the bigger man, it was yeah. it was Usyk command commanding the center of that ring. You know, you know you're looking you're looking at Joshua's reach advantage four inches. You know, but it was just a case of he knew how to get inside him, you know, and he was it was the jab, it was the jab as well, you know, the front the front jab, just unbelievable. Um, I, I just I worry, I worry now for Joshua. I really do. Um, latest news is Bob Aram has turned around and said, Look, let's make Fury a new off the back of it. Um, and then Joshua comes in after. Obviously, you know, willing that Tyson Fury does beat Wilder. Well, that seems to be where Bob Arum's head's at uh, I think Joshua having a rematch straight away I don't think it's a good idea But it might not be a good idea Any time to have the rematch
2: I don't think I think his reign's over now Stuart I think um, If Tyson Fury and is still in the game I don't see uh, Joshua catching either of them two It'd have to be you know, One of those sort of big strikes You know like a wilder swing Something like that that would have to catch him But you'd have to bulk up If he's bulking up Dennis Cardio is going to take, you know, massive, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, it's going to, it's going to be a problematic for him if he puts his weight back on, you know, cause he size is all good. If you can hit that guy one punch, but when you've got guys at fury and Usyk are technically in, uh, and their IQs of boxing is fantastic. He's going to be chasing shadows and he's going to tire. I don't see anything different in the Usyk fight. I think, um, in general, you see, my dogs are quite happy with it, obviously. Um, they're just too good for Joshua. Yes, he's beaten some really handy guys, but he's never fought a boxer of Usyk's style before and how good of a boxer he is. Fury would have been the same problem for him, and I said this to you after the fight. I, I generally think if Fury was in this fight with him, I think Fury would have finished him, personally. It, 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 it
1: did. You know. jo- Joshua or Usyk? Uh,
2: jo- I think Fury would, have, Fury would have finished Joshua in this fight.
1: A lot of people are saying the bell, the bell went early as well for that when he had him rocked on the ropes. Um,
2: if it carried on any earlier I think he would have been KO'd in that last round if I'm honest with you because Joshua was, was out dead. on his feet
1: he was dead on his feet he was gone it's, you know he's the bigger frame he's the bigger guy That I think he was he was tired but at the same time he didn't throw nowhere near as much as Usyk and you know with the, it's, marvelous. it's marvelous. and a lot of people are saying how Joshua's being found out they're all coming out in their droves you know Look what he's done. Look what he's done. He, you know, people are discrediting him. And he's, he's been brilliant. He's been fantastic. Some people don't like the guy. That's mm. fair enough. That's opinion. I read a lot of negative now about him. You know, he's done really He's done really well for UK boxing, you know, real boxing. But the air apparent is there now, isn't he? And surely Fury must be licking his lips at the prospect of fighting Usyk. What, what would you say that's the
2: better fight now? Now you've seen yeah, yeah, Joshua, Joshua Joshua with a better fighter. The
1: style, the style he fights and the pair of them fight and the way they are, yeah, I, I really do. Because Usyk in the previous two fights coming up the division, you know, he, he saved his best for this one because people were like saying, oh, you know, he didn't he didn't box well in, in the first two, which is aura and Charles Witherspoon, but he, he's proven everyone wrong. And on that huge stage as well, uh, it was really good, really good at Tottenham.
2: But yeah, really but if I'm lovely. honest. I think Chizora is stronger than AJ in that case. Because when when they tied up it, uh, Chizora and Nusik in that fight, you saw the strength in Chizora because he was able to hold him back, you know, and put the weight on him. Joshua was struggling even when when they tied up that he couldn't hold him, you know, to put that weight on, try and tire him out. Struggled with that completely. Mm-hmm. I just think you know, you, 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 people, I won't knock Joshua because I agree with what you say, what he's done for the sport. Yeah. But I think his time's finished now, personally, because I don't think he gets in the air. He can go and have a rematch with Usyk, but what are you going to learn in six months' time to the level where Usyk's at when it comes to the boxing? He's not going to learn that in six months' time.
1: Do you want to, do you want to roll the BT with Eddie Hearn? Um, the footage is courtesy of Sky Sports Boxing, as you can see there, so we cover ourselves. Um, here's Eddie Hearn's thoughts on Joshua and Usyk. This is after the fight Saturday night.
3: Just Anthony Joshua went straight back to the dressing room for the medics to check him over have you spoke to him, how is he? Yeah, I spoke to him, obviously he's, you know it was a tough fight, gruelling fight he's not quite, you know, talking the way you'd expect him to talk at the moment devastated, already talking about training again they want to look at the eye socket uh, he says it's fine um, but, you know, a devastating defeat obviously, uh, congratulations to Alexander Usyk what a fighter put in a great performance tonight and the better man won did you think that that could happen um, in, a, in a fight like that? I suppose it, it, it could, but so many people thought that AJ would be too big and too strong. It didn't go that way. It was a boxing match. Yeah, that was always really the, the, the danger of the fight. You overthink the fight. You try and be too technical. You don't use your attributes and you don't make your mark early enough in the fight. Usyk's very fit. He's got great feet. He threw a lot of punches in there tonight. Um, you know and it was all the things you worry about against a fighter like Alexander Usyk he, he he exercised his style very very well he was probably a little bit more aggressive than anticipated which I think did him well I mean what was it the first 10 seconds he, he came out with a, a, a right hand left hand straight down the pipe um he was he was really good tonight you know and he, he goes down in history no complaints from AJ he'll he'll get up and go again he's already talking about training on Monday but it's a tough defeat you know this was getting beat by a pound for pound great fighter we've been here before. You've been here, Madison Square Garden. That was different. This is just being beat by a better man on the night. And uh, you'd have to make some some big changes in the rematch to avenge that defeat.
2: As
1: usual, well put by Mr Hearn. You know, it's his fiver at the end of the day. You know, he's, he's the marquee guy. You know, he, he's the one that makes him the most money. Uh, going back into training, you know, saying he's gone back into, he'll be back in training on Monday. I wonder... The eye, the eye, just it was it was pretty bad. But then again, Usyk had some around his eye before that, didn't he? Um, he Yeah, yeah. Did he? he? If I was him, the way he is, his mindset is to train, isn't it? But maybe he does just need a week or two before he gets back in. Um, Yeah,
2: but let's let's be honest here, right? And obviously, we're going to fall into a debate here. But whatever Joshua does for training wise for a rematch against Usyk, it's still going to be an impossible task to get. That level of skill and fight IQ in your brain to match New Six. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't see how Joshua's going to learn at all.
1: It doesn't matter how many South forces they get in, they have a lot of South did in he? training in the build up to the camp and all that. And you're not, <laughs> it's all not disputing, you know, them guys can box that they bring in. But then when you're in there with him, <laughs> you know, how pal- fast pal- currently. You know you're going to be putting him up there with with Canelo and and Fiori, aren't you? You know, and it was it was it became apparent very early on how that fight was going to go. I had I had a sinking feeling uh, around round three, I really did. I thought he, he's behind here, massively behind. Uh, but yeah, just what next? I think come away as you say. What else can he learn in a camp? Because Usyk just seems to have all the answers, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, he does have all the answers, and I think it—it's it, a case of like you know, let, let let's put this into perspective. You look at Fury and Wilder. Um, Fury has Wilder's number because of the pure box, the pure boxer that Fury is. The IQ, the technical ability of Fury. Okay, he did get cap, did get caught twice in their first fight, but he still outboxed him, out you know, outclassed him in both fights, and you can see that. And I feel like if you switch it to Usyk and Joshua, where you look at Joshua as the power puncher and Usyk's slight like, fury, technical IQ all up here, it's going to be the same situation. And I just feel like it's like a round robin. And it's just going to happen again and again because you you can't teach people that sort of IQ. You either got it or you haven't. And Usyk and Fury are the are the kind of guys that have that fight IQ that can match can, everything the person you know, fights against them with.
1: Can Usyk beat Fury? You know, all being that he does beat Wilder in the third because you know Wilder's got the punch power. You know, he's got to come through that. We know he's heavy favourite. We want him to win. Is Usyk a problem for Fury?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so. I, 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 You know I mean? This is going to be out on the limb here because you're the boxing guy and I'm an MMA guy, but I can only say what I see in front of me. I I think that very slightly, I'd say Usyk's a better boxer than Fury. Not by a mile, but I think he's he's got the better sort of standard where I think Fury's probably just a bit below. Doesn't make a change in a fight, though, because... Fury is athletic, isn't he, as well? And he's a tall guy. He uses that reach really well as well. It'd be an interesting fight, if I'm completely honest with you. Um, I want to see it. Um, you kind of, after this loss now, you see what Joshua's sort of capable of against these guys. You don't want to see that anymore now. I want to see Usyk versus Fury, because it's two technical boxers at their best, with the best IQ. And it's just it's going to be like a chess match between them. Because it, it's, it's going to be, it be hard to even sort of break down the fact to say who's going to win because they they're so similar in the way they, they box. Do you know what I mean? Interested? No. Um, I'm going to jump to some comments. I was going to say. To I was going to say get because it's a forum. This show as well.
1: Heels rules. This guy commentate commentated commented very early on yesterday actually when you put the reminder up. AJ was schooled and exposed. A very well protected prize fighter for the big stadiums to sell his name only for huge money. No way he could ever beat Wilder or Fury. He was well beaten again. He's made a lot of money. Gotta be fair. Yeah, he was well beaten, but he's done. He's done some great things for British boxing. Let's not take it away. Everyone's everyone's knocking him now. Uh, you know, but I do take I do take Heels Rules comments there. You know, maybe you know Eddie knew he the cash count. He knew he could sell stadiums out with him. You know, what, what What? do you expect the promoters to do like? <laughs>
2: That's what they do. That's what they, they do. do. They, they,
1: promote, they promote. Yeah. Millions well, only to so we could dream of. But I do take the point as well. You've got to look at both sides of that comment. He was schooled. He was school. Um Just I, where does he go from here? That's the thing. Anything else, Chris?
2: Yeah, we've got plenty, mate. Uh, one for more. Good friend Brett on this.
1: One of our OGs for the show, Brett Thomas. Logan Paul versus AJ could happen. Logan went toe-to-toe with the best in his generation. <laughs> could AJ go all-round against Tyson Fury? If Logan puts on the pounds, I think AJ has the numbers. Logan Paul cannot get up to heavyweight. No chance. Um, I- no, disrespect. <laughs> no disrespect, Brett. I know your thoughts on the polls. You say it week in, week out. That's a lot of weight to put on with a elite boxer because he's still elite. I don't care what anyone says. No, no, no. no I,
2: I, I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Punch um, power. It, he knocked he Logan's head off. If I'm completely if honest, he with he could you. have implemented his punch power on Saturday, but
1: he just couldn't. It was move. It was the movement of Usyk, as you said. Just could not get the you know the killer punch on him. Anyway, Hello, Brett. back again. Yeah.
0: How are you doing, uh, my good, friend? Hey,
1: good to have you on, as always. Some chap called Jorge Masvidal wants to beat up Jake Paul and Logan Paul. I'd say let him try in a 2-1-1 handicap match, then, if he's so confident. Chris, I'll give you that one, because Jorge is MMA royalty.
2: MMA guy. Yeah. L- let's be honest, Brett, right? And uh, we appreciate your comments. Um, love them every week when you're on. Um, Jorge Masvidal was a street fighter when, he was, when Kimbo Slice was on the streets beating guys up. Come on, now. You think two guys who... You know, it only just sort of broke on the boxing scene. A lot of people hate them, don't forget. I know, I know Jake Paul's got the better boxing skill set than Logan Paul's, but Jorge Masvidal's a street fighter. A guy can fight dirty and, you know, he's skilled. And, you know, I think he beats them both up personally. Unless Jake Paul and Logan Paul brought weapons to the party. Jorge Masvidal's a crazy guy, man. Oh,
1: hello, Lewis. Another OG. Watches every week, appreciate you, Lewis. What are your thoughts on the fight? I'd like to see your, your take on it and how you felt it went. You're a man of few words, but I'm sure, sure you got opinions on that. So, yes, some opinions from you, Lewis, all the way up there in Fulkerk in Scotland. Pete Layton, good afternoon. I thought AJ was rotten. A new viewer, by the looks of things, Chris. Pete Layton,
2: welcome, Pete.
1: He was in, he was in with a guy, it all you know, he got exposed. I wouldn't say AJ was rotten. I just think stylistically, he couldn't cope. I don't think he realised how good Oosik was going to be in a pers-
2: you, personal... You, you, so you're, you're going along the lines of you think he underestimated Oosik? I think,
1: I think maybe, yeah, I do. And I think that was evident, how one-sided and how lopsided. But Steve Munkman, he's been watching us now for a while. I'd like to see anyone beat up Jake and Paul. Right, there could be a war of wo- words here now between yourself and Brett. Because that's two polar opposite opinions on the polls. But, yeah, that's what the show's about. You know, that's your opinion. Got to take that. Elsa Kano, another OG. Tyson Fury and Wilder well, would have to beat AJ. Okay?
2: That's fine, yeah. That's yeah, your opinion.
1: That's fine. Do, do you see AJ winning a rematch?
2: No. I just think... I don't. How I, I don't it, see how, I don't, I don't how
1: see how it. How does he prepare after being so lopsided, you know, beating? How does he prepare for the second... I I, I I don't know. I it's not Andy Ruiz, is it? You know what I mean? No. You're talking, one no. Best, you're talking one of the best powerful part of the new signal. Steve Mookman, what about David Hay next for AJ? That won't happen. No. not a chance. It's <laughs> not, not a chance. David Hay coming back in. He can have some exhibition bouts and that, but he's been in and out of the game. he get absolutely obliterated by AJ. No disrespect to David Hay. He had a good career. I have never changed my opinion, AJ. He's been wrapped up by Eddie Hearn since they got... That's fair enough. I... I got on you know on board the bus train with AJ when he was coming through and the Olympics and all that. But that's fair. No, you've stuck to you, you stuck to what you felt from the you know day one with him, Steve. So that's a fair comment. Pete Layton, he got lucky with Andy Ruiz because Ruiz pounded on the weight. But if Reese had kept weight, that uh, he could have beat AJ if it was a fight. So AJ isn't a good enough knockout guy as Ruiz smashed him. And he boxed very cautiously in that second bout out in Saudi. To get the win, yeah, he,
2: used, he used his jab in, in the second yeah. fight, didn't he? He, he kept the um, well on
1: just slanging match a second time, you know, with the with the fists and go at it with him because he would have got KO'd again probably. And Ruiz versus AJ too, just staying on the outside, wore him down, and outboxed him. Yeah, but then in pure boxing, just crap. Also, when you see this, yeah, people just saying he's a glorified puncher now, and he hasn't got the fundamentals when you know everyone's multifaceted in there. Thomas, Logan Paul is better than AJ. Everyone said AJ gives up too early.
2: Logan kept it going against the world's best in Floyd. Chris? Well, listen, right. Um, Yes, Fury is the world's Fury. Floyd is the world's best at a point. I wouldn't say he's the world's best now, because if you put Floyd in with Canelo, I think Canelo beats Floyd at this age, not in his prime. Um, Boxer moves... Don, if you're not in the sport and you saw it with Nick Diaz this, this weekend in UFC if you're not in the sport and you're out the sport for so long you get bypassed by people and no matter how good you are and that, that, that's just my opinion yeah, obviously you guys in the chat disagree absolutely. with me absolutely we take on board um, opinion,
1: yeah the stadium do you know what as big as I Wembley, said this to
2: you when we watched it
1: talking like 20, 25, 30,000 more at Wembley but obviously now you know Wembley was built by 2007 you look at how they're building the stadiums now and doing sixty thousand is fine, isn't it? If not more, with the floor seating, uh, you can see that it's state of the art. You know, they raved yeah. about it, all the different things they did with it. It looked amazing. Uh, Jamie Redknapp even said when they interviewed him, uh, "Do you think Dillian White will get a shot at AJ now? It's it's possible. Dillian White wanted to get to the to the ring. I don't know if you saw the video." But no, I didn't it. see that. I think he wanted to console AJ. To be honest with you, but he can only really get so far. Uh, there was a video of that. Through uh, IFL. Tom Rust, quality. Is that Thanks, new? Mate.
0: You're in the I think.
1: Cheers, Tom. Thank you. I appreciate or you. That. YouTube, yes. Type in powered on YouTube if you want to watch on there. Also, we're on the podcast apps now in audio form, waiting on Apple to clear and a few others, but we are on Spotify and some others as well. So, yeah, we are on YouTube as well if you want to watch on there. Steve Muntman, who would you say would win between Wilder and Usyk? do
2: sick all day. All day, every day. You
1: can deal with a puncher. We've seen it. I know Wilder's got the most devastating knockout power of all. Tyler T, it is Isaac from Norwich. All right, mate. Yeah, I told him we were going to be a little bit
2: late. No, today. We, mate. All right, uh, Lewis did
1: not, did not watch it. Oh, that's fine. You've been busy, Lewis. You've been out and about, I've seen, mate. Uh, Jake Paul, knock him down with punches, and Logan can shoot on him for takedown. Hold his legs together while Jake goes for punches to his head whilst he has been... Hold down. held down. It
2: sounds like a girl fight. They're going to pull his hair next, Brett.
1: <laughs> what about George Foreman? He came back. Yeah, he did, actually. And he was a lot older. He's well into his 40s winning the world title. So it has been done. I watched the documentary on him last week. Also, side note, side note poor Holyfield. Yeah, going back to that, that man shouldn't have been in there. But it's money. you know. We've heard about his money issues and stuff like that. He obviously needs it. The undercard... Hatton fight was a fix. We're gonna cover we'll Hatton. To We're gonna. It's not. It's the. It's the third item about Campbell Hatton, which we'll discuss, Isaac. Like some more comments from well, you, yeah. Isaac.
2: Uh, I'll drop these out. Well, we'll get back to your comments. We'll uh, crack on with the show because we've got loads to cover. So Stuart, I'll throw this in for you, mate. There you go.
1: Lovely. Yes, Lawrence Acoli against Prasovic, Chris. It was as one-sided as can be. Uh, you said, what's he doing in there with him? I, you know, we were saying on Saturday night, weren't we? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was I,
2: uh, frustrating to watch that, mate. And Someone who's... Do, You know, he can
1: only come up, up against Mandat You know, he's WBO Cruiserweight champion. As you said, you know, what are they going to do with him next? He's got to come up against Bredis. He's got to come against, up against Bradus, Definitely IBF and Ring Magazine champion. You've got Alunga as well, McCarvey, who... Tony Bell, you beat at Goodison Park, yeah. Uh, WBC. Basically, what I'm getting at, they just need to unify. They need to get these four fighters in. And Riyadh Nurzabal, who is WBA champion, make, make all them fight. They've got to fight each other. We've got to get unification. And the sooner Cody can unify, the sooner he's going to go up to heavyweight, Chris.
2: No, I totally agree. He's got the frame for it. Listen, Acoli, uh this was just like a, a glorified sort of training fight for him on the weekend, wasn't it? Okay, I'm glad he got paid, which is great. He was in the co-main as well, wasn't he? Um, the guy he fought, never seen him before, but was never near his standard. Um, but like I said, it was a nice little workout for him. He got paid. You know what I mean? Didn't have to do too much, did he? Didn't get injured, which is the main thing. And he still looked quite good doing what he did. So, yeah, as you said, move him on now to the bigger fights. Let's see what coli has got.
1: They don't need to be putting in with mandatories. And yes, moving on, Chris. Yeah, well done here because we've got to move along. Uh, Callum Smith, who won by KO. Lennon Castillo was badly hurt. He had to go to hospital. He's now stable. Thank God for him. Um, Not taking any of the gloss from Callum Smith in his performance. Uh, Up at light heavyweight now after the unanimous decision loss to Canelo Alvarez at super middle. So he's another one. He's got the frame for light heavyweight. He was always big at super middle. Uh, You know, he took his loss. He he went the 12 rounds with Canelo last December. Um, Just glad, Chris, that Lennon Castillo is out the woods and he's okay Because that was horrible to see. That was horrific to see. He was like twitching on the ground when he'd been knocked down. Um, Not not a nice thing to see. But this is, you know, the severity of boxing, isn't it? And and combat sports, Chris. The dangers of it.
2: That's it. We've seen, you know, we've seen enough... Over in UFC or just MMA in general, because you know it's just, you're not just getting punched. are you in MMA, there's multi facets of punches, kicks, you know, chokes, muay Thai. There's all sorts of different things you can get caught with in a uh, MMA. And you've seen, I've seen some bad ones. This one was, you know, what I mean, it's horrible to see. But hopefully, I don't know if you noticed, know, is the guy okay?
1: Yeah, he's he's stable. He, they, they, they've, uh, he's, he's okay now. But yeah, you could see, Colin Smith. He felt awful. He felt awful. And you would do, wouldn't you? But, you know, at the end of the day, this is why, you know, it is so dangerous. Uh, but all That's in all, not... another good, you know, yeah. a good a good first light heavyweight bout for Callum Smith, Chris. Um, it'd be good to see who he's com- coming up against soon. I can see him getting world title chances and, you know, hopefully he'll hold world titles again. Now, moving on. Now, this has caused a, a bit of friction in the world of boxing. I mean, you were talking do about... Do you like, think? That evening. <laughs> Campbell Hatton dubiously wins. It's his fourth bout against Martinez, who was two and four before this fight. But he pressured him. He was landing at will. And somehow, Campbell Hatton's word. Um, crazy. Absolutely crazy to me. Isaac's alluded to it as well. Chris, there's got to be a backhand there here somewhere.
2: I spoke to you when we were watching this live on uh, Facebook. And I was telling you, he was getting caught by Martinez... By those uppercuts constantly, because uh Campbell Hatton was going in quite recklessly with his head and he wasn't covering up and he was getting caught and he was getting caught with those uppercuts over and over again. But he was getting caught with the one-twos as well when they were standing. Yeah, um he had some good body body shots at Campbell Hatton. But if I'm completely honest with you, in this whole fight here, he lost every round. I don't I didn't see anything that you can sort of argue and change that for me. Um I just watching the fight just thought Martinez has bossed it, he beat him to the punch. He got caught a few times with Martinez, but he walked through it. Campbell was getting, just like I said, uppercuts, uppercuts. And then he was getting caught that one-twos. I don't know how he won this. Um, it, it, it's it's one of those sort of things where, is it hometown judges? Because, you know, sometimes that's happened over the years in boxing, hasn't it? For certain fighters and their title defences, when it's gone to the judges, they favoured the hometown guy, haven't they? But I don't know how you can favour the hometown guy when he's lost every round. I I, I I'm confused, mate. I said to you that, lot, it was ridiculous. There'll
1: be a lot of food for thought for the happens here because, you know, at the end of the day, he's very early on in his career. You know, there's no amateur. that They've brought him in. He's, he's 20, you know, he's young. But, yeah, how, how he's won that, I don't know. But as you say, the judges, you know...
2: Madness. It's madness. Uh, if I'm honest, it's madness.
1: They're really going to have to work on his defence and his guard, Chris. Madden well, yeah,
2: that's Hattons. what I mean, because. When you're going in, you're going in the guard. It, it wasn't really covering because he was going in and trying to go up, and you know the whole sort you of what Ricky Atten used to do. But
1: him, his offense, I don't think, uh, yeah, his offense is great. Uh, I think but that that was for all to see the amount of times that you know Martinez was hitting him at will. Um, I'm sure they're going to work on his defense. It might be a bit of a wake up call. Also, was it the size of the venue as well? All them people, you know, he possibly, boxed possibly. behind closed doors at me a couple of times because of COVID. So maybe maybe like you say, it was the whole event was maybe got to him a little bit.
2: Possibly. We got another comment here from John O. John Scott.
1: Hello, mate. Hello, afternoon chaps, great show. Thank you. Thank you to Rich and John for giving us the platform. Definitely. appreciate you both immensely.
2: Right. Um, we'll move on to this weekend, Stuart. Elsa Carniv's yes, Elsa Karnas actually just mentioned about Chris Eubanks. So Perfect timing, perfect
1: timing, Elsa. Yeah, and um, Sky Sports are back now with the rebranded boxing channel. You know, they've gone in with a few promotions, and yeah, we've got some big fights coming up. Josh Taylor will be on soon as well. Uh, there's plenty to look forward to, along with some big uh, events from top rank stateside. So they, you know, they've, they've lost Eddie Hearn's match room, but they've gone back in, which is great. And yeah, Chris Eubank Jr. To fight a middleweight after Sven Al- Elbeer or Alba, I can't pronounce it, drops out due to COVID. So Anatoly Maratov is in. He's only lost two fights, Chris Maratov. So it's a, it's a good test of him for Chris Eubank Jr. You know, he's trying to get back up to uh, world honours as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, looking forward to seeing him. Uh, what did El Cicano have to say in regards to Chris Eubank Jr., Chris?
2: Well, I'll bring it up for you now. Just uh, move all that rubbish out of the way. Where we are. Here we go.
1: Chris Eubank Jr. is on this weekend, I think. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, I don't understand this. New Sky Sports pocket promotion. Is this to combat the zone, to have it free? I think it's because they've lost the caliber of fighters, you know. They've lost box. a lot, They're haven't they? The box office. Uh, so I think, you know, they've got to look at this. You know, you'll pay for your sports subscription and they'll try and do it that way, maybe. I can still see it doing pretty well. Steve Munkman, more set-up than pro-wrestling that happened fight. (laughs) It's because they can't have him on zero on him now. Yeah, I agree. I agree, but it's bad. It's bad when you see that happening. You know, other fighters are going to think, well, if he can get away with it, and I'm from a boxing family, um, you know, it's like six of one, half of the dozen of the other with it, I think. I I like it.
2: I liked what Chris Eubank said. I was watching this guy's sports coverage at the time, uh, on the weekend, and he said that, you know, he needs to go away, go fight in Mexico, go fight in Russia, or these smaller venues and these small events just to get some confidence up and just get some more fights in him. I, I think I agree. Mexico, as we both know, Puerto Rico, very good places for boxing, you know, for the technical sides as well. Maybe just go over there and learn some stuff. Um, you know, doesn't need to be on the big big cards, does he? Where maybe the pressure got to him a bit. I maybe just take the- him away.
1: I think it was that the I think the stadium, the amount of people, might have been a factor. You know, I know you can sometimes just block that out as a fighter, but he's very young. Yeah. You know, he's in his infancy. Uh, hopefully, he can come back from this. But defensively, they've got to sort him out because I mean, he's against people with you know they've, they've lost more than they've won, and he's encountering he's encountering problems now. Uh, but mm-hmm. he's got time. There's time on his side. Oh, yeah, you know, what, yeah, I wrote, we want the lad to do well. It's not about that. It's it's, it's not us kicking off about him. We're having a go. Louis Young, what do you think of Dana White's contender series, Chris? Duncan versus Manuel Gatshia. Chris?
2: I, I haven't watched that fight yet, actually. I'm quite behind on uh, Dana White's contender series for this season. There's been so much going on at the time. But, Lewis, uh, I'll watch out this week and then next week's episode, I'll get back to you on that one.
1: Nice one, Lewis.
2: Right. Okay, mate. Um, we'll swiftly move on to UFC, Here I guess. Uh, not only, you know, was there a really good fights on the boxing card, there was, there was some absolutely bangers on UFC 266 this week. So, I'll, before we jump into the VT, Stuart, you've watched the fight. Tell me how you felt.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. The Ortega in with anybody else, he'll win. Won't he? It was just, Volkanovsky was fantastic. He was really, really good. But I'd say Ortega had success early on. I did like at the end of round two when they were going to each other. Mm. They went like the heads were you know, I thought it was going to be a kickoff fight. Uh, but no, fantastic uh, Volkanovsky, man. I can't go over how good he is. And it's another huge, huge victory on his resume. A lot of people, and I was saying, who can, who can you know, dethrone him do you think um do you think Max Holloway could come back for him would you see that happening can he can he avenge
2: you know the loss well it's possible because both fights were between them both were razor close um Volkanovski again now we spoke about this last week about the, the pay and the, Well, the pace that Volkanovski sets during a fight and, you know, Max Holloway is up there when it comes to pace setting. Volkanovski, in this fight as well, showed you the pressure and the pace and the striking. It was just outclassed. I thought he outclassed Ortega. I say they put on a fight, the uh, contender, it's only because of the heart that Ortega's shown. Realistically, in my eyes, I didn't see Ortega win any round in any that whole entire five-round fight. I thought Volkanovski it. I think towards the end he got he was, he was tiring and he was getting caught by the um, the straight jabs by um, Ortega, wasn't he? But you know, what I mean, he was laughing at him. You know, what I mean, I found it was quite funny. He had um, he caught Volkanovski in a, a, a guillotine, a really tight guillotine. And you know, what I mean, Ortega's slick, fantastic in his jiu-jitsu. And you thought most people who would get caught in that guillotine and how tight that was. Most people would have tapped, but he flipped it, got into a triangle choke, and he was starting pulling faces at him in a triangle choke and that was tight as well. Just shows you the, the the pure sort of you know bravery and, and the heart that Volkanoff has but to have a laugh with you when you're getting choked out unbelievable. He was just too good. You know what I mean? He t- he changed that triangle choke in the third round actually battered him on the on that ground in part, absolutely mm-hmm. destroyed him. Um you talk about Campbell Atten's, you know, the sort of the judging in this, I found something dodgy in this fight as well. After that third round um, All Taker did get off the ground straight away, struggled. And they kept on, I think it was, Herb, was it Herb Dean and one of the doctors, and they kept on putting a finger in his hand, in his face, and counting. And that took too long for me in my eyes. You know I mean? He could have got probably a re- bit more time to recover. But it looked to me that All that, after that third round, was really, really struggling. And they just took too long in that corner before the bell ran for the fourth round. And it just sort of bothered me a bit because, you know, Volkov said in his. Uh, press conference after the fight, he could hear him and he couldn't answer them properly. He was getting it wrong, but they kept on repeating themselves until he got it right. I thought that was quite shady, that is that a case of maybe they didn't want the fight to end too early because, you know, because it's such a big card and the fights have been really good. Mm-hmm. I just thought, that, again, that's a bit shady if that was is that is the case. I just thought it was a bit odd that, you know, if he was getting that number wrong and he obviously, his, his eyes were, like I said to you about his eyes, when he gets hit properly, they do close very quickly. But, you know, all in all, Volkanovski is pound for pound one of the best at the moment in mixed martial arts, especially in that featherweight division. He's a little a little terrier.
1: Is he going to have to go to one hundred and fifty five eventually? Saying that he does, you know, defend, keep defending. I'm reading online; a lot of people can't see him losing. Um, or is he going to be too short for one hundred and fifty five? Do you think he'd get? Do you think he'd get beat by the top end guys at lightweight? Or do you think he's got a shot if he was to go up? I know this is looking very far ahead, but this is the sort of thing I'm I'm thinking of now. Uh, You know, I'm sure there's still fights to be made at 145 for him, of course.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think I think there's a possibility, but obviously, like you said, there's still fights to be made. There's you know, there's he's going he's going to have to have that trilogy fight with Max Holloway. That's if Max Holloway gets Max Holloway's obviously got Yair Rodriguez next, which is actually a really entertaining fight. You know. We've got Max Holloway, who's fantastic with the striking. And we've got Yayo Rodriguez, who's absolutely nuts when it comes to the, the kicking side of things because he throws mm-hmm. all sorts of kind of kicks. Um, maybe, but, you know, I mean, with regards to this, you could see someone coming up from the featherweight and challenging him because there's always one person that's there hiding away and then they pop apart of nowhere. Possibly could go to 155, there's nothing left. But, you know, again, as you say, he's a smaller guy. It's hard because he's been up, he's been up at one seventy. I mean, he fought Absolutely. one fight at one seventy. Yeah. He lost that fight.
1: To cut, to cut down, and find out that you're actually an absolute beast at one forty five. That right, is incredible, as we've spoken about. You know, last week. Yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Cutting from well, two hundred, Rob- from two hundred, and he's stocky. You know, you can see he played rugby.
2: Absolutely. Mm. I'll move to the VT. Uh, yeah, come yeah, uh, yeah, on. Volkanovski after just yeah. after the fight.
1: You did not look up at the clock until 26 seconds left in round number 5. You're a terminator Alexander Volkanovsky. How do you fight with such a high pace and fight so smart at the same time?
4: Man, it's just a the preparation I told you huh. I do that every time. I'm, mate, I'm not hey, I'm a normal human being. I've said it time and time again. Just hard work got to me where I am. Anyone can do what I've done anyone. The sky's the limit for any of you Everyone back home in Australia, I know you are going through a rough time. I did this for you, to my family, to my teams, everyone that's backed me, everyone
3: that's helped me. I did that for you. Thank you. All them doubters, I'm going to keep proving you wrong time and time again. Bring it. It's 20 wins in a row, you are the featherweight champion of the world.
1: Is it finally time for people to put some respect on your name, Alexander?
4: About time, 100%. Hey, keep doubting me. I love it. I don't care, I'll be the underdog to the day I die. That's just going to make me work harder. Everyone back home, I love you. Mwah. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up to the champion of the world, Alexander the Great
1: Volkanovski. Love it. 20 in a row and then 10, 10 in the UFC now. And then, as you said, you can't believe a guy like him saying anybody can do it. If he can do it, it's just incredible, isn't it? But he's
2: he's. he's- He's got everything now. And this is like these sort of guys that come out of nowhere. Volkanovski, I remember when he came into UFC. I mean, I didn't think much of him. You know, he's, he, I thought he's just like a typical banger that can wrestle because obviously he's got the whole sort of takedown with the rugby side of things. And you know, he's proved me wrong. Uh and you know, I wasn't a hater, I was just I was no. a doubt because I thought, I just thought Max Holloway was gonna reign supreme in that division yeah. for a very long time. Um, but he's made a fan out of me. Uh I enjoy his work. Um I can't wait, you know, I can't. Look, for, I can. Sorry, I cannot look forward to I see him again because, you know, him and Max Holloway or whoever's next for him, he's yeah, you know, it's going to be a terrific fight. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: We cut we cut some of that out because uh, there was footage, fight footage. So yeah, it was nice. Yeah, to get Just case, we don't want to be getting shut down on a live. No, John, John and Rich will be upset with us. So yeah, we can use we can use audio, we can use visuals of interviews. But yeah, no no fight footage.
2: I'm afraid. Maybe one day, though. Maybe one yeah, day. Yeah, you never
1: know. You never know. Well, I'll move Robbie, on to Robbie Lawler. Yeah. Robbie Lawler. Chris, he wins the second fight. Nick Diaz, when he went down and he didn't get back up, I was like, that's it. I, I, I just had that sinking feeling for him. But I tell you what, his output, his punch output in the first round in particular, that the amount of shots he threw, all right, Robbie Lawler's percentage was higher. Yeah, he threw a lot less punches, didn't he? He was very active, especially in the early rounds. But yeah, I just knew when he went down. I just knew he he doesn't want any more of this. Did you feel the same?
2: Yeah, I, you know what? I watched Bisping today actually, and he was saying about um, the respect when a fighter goes down. And at that point, you know, I mean, people are like, oh, why, 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 why is he why is he quitting? Why is he quitting? You know what I mean? I think he knew at that point he was done. And uh, you know, I mean, Nick and Nate Diaz are very real people you mean they don't put any facade on they are who they are and I think you know he's been out for six years you know I mean it was a really good fight I've been and really enjoyed it for as long as it lasted um as you say in the first round Nick Diaz was that old school to the body to the top and it was five there was a five punch combination from Nick uh, Nick Diaz which you don't really really see in the UFC to be honest with you it's more the boxing sort of thing yeah um Robbie Lawler was using those calf kicks, and you know, I mean, again, like Conor McGregor, you would be out the game for so long, and you haven't, you're not used to these calf kicks, and they come swinging around. They change the game, and I don't think Nick Diaz liked them, which I don't think anyone does anyway. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it was just really good to see them. I, the only problems I have was like, you know, you must have seen it when Nick Diaz came to the Octagon, he looked out of shape. He Heads. did. He looked.
1: And they went up to 185, didn't they? You know, I'm sure with Lawler being so active, uh, you know, in terms of he could have, 170 wasn't a problem. So, yeah, it it does beg the question, as you say, once he's got down there and you see the body, um, it's understandable, but probably didn't help matters being at 185 either in the same token for him.
2: Well, we don't know, do we? We don't know what was going on in the camp for them for a minute. It was 170. Then a few days before the event, they changed it to 185. We can obviously clear, clearly see in the fight when Nick, Nick came down that you know, I mean, it was seriously the condition. It was bad because you know Nick Nick and Nate are always known for their conditioning, you know, and how hard they, what they put in for training camp for the fight. So it was really it was hard to see Nick looking as the way it is. Um, but it was good to see it. The first round was really good and it was really compelling because they were yeah. both like fighting, fighting in a phone booth. You could have put yeah. that in any other little place, like a little small kitchen, and they would have been fine. Didn't need that big octagon at all because they were both up against each other and they were just swinging. Um, obviously, Robbie Lola came out in the third round. He caught uh, Nick Diaz with that check hook, didn't he? Right across the nose. Didn't you know? Didn't want to go to, go to ground with Nick Diaz, which is understandable. Yeah, you know, obviously, it was, didn't want to. He didn't want to carry. He didn't want to carry on. Sorry, so. Unfortunate for us who were Nick Diaz fans, and it, you know, I mean, you would have preferred him to win if you were his fan. I said to you last week, I wasn't sure he was going to win. I'd heart for, Nate, uh, for Nick, and in my head was Lola. Shame. And um, for, for me, for both of them now, they, I think they should retire. Nick, Lola should go off and yeah. finish, you know, retire from a win. And I don't think Nick should come back. Nick should probably go and carry on doing what he's a doing in the background. As you
1: said last week, it was a length of time out the game for Nick Diaz. It became apparent, didn't it?
2: Yeah. You but, know, we'll move to the. We'll move to the VT, right? Yeah.
0: Courtesy of BT. Probably such a fun fight for us, for you, I'm sure as well. You've been one half of so many incredible fights over the years. How does that one rank in terms of enjoyment and satisfaction from your
4: performance? Ah, uh, it feels great. It's been a long time since I've uh, put on a showing like that. Nick brought the best out of me that tonight, and uh, I'm excited to get the W.
0: It looked like you didn't want any part of being on the ground. As soon as he went down from that shot, you were back up. You were willing him up. Was it, do you think it's a broken nose from what you can see? I mean, definitely a lot of damage there. you are both taken some damage, but, you know, in terms of the stoppage.
4: Yeah, it was a rough fight. I think I was catching him to the body a little bit. It was just an uh, uh, accumulation of uh, punishments and blows. Uh, he did a good job of weathering stuff. He threw a lot of good shots. I was trying to do a good job of rolling with it, and uh, hats off to him.
0: You certainly were, and, and hats off to him, of course. You were taking control. You were taking control, pushing Nick back. That looked like the strategy. Was was that the plan going into the fight, somewhat?
4: Oh, not really. I was going to feel it out and, and see what ha- what what uh, he gave me, and I just felt like that was the way to go, and uh, just get in his face and, and force the fight. He likes to fight, but uh, so do I. So that's uh, hopefully the fans enjoyed it. Look,
0: this obviously gets you back in the win column as well. And we saw, and you just said to me before we started, you said that's how I like to fight, and he brought out the best in in you. Do you see yourself now only waiting for opponents that excite you in the way that Nick, Nick Diaz excited you to get into training again, or do you just want to take anybody to keep climbing back up the rankings?
4: Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, my coaches and uh, uh, training partners did a great job of getting me ready. Uh, I'm competitive right now. Uh, Jason Jackson pushed me for this camp where I had to freaking go, otherwise I was going to get a beat up. Get beat up, and I didn't want that to happen. Henry Hoof, Nick Lentz pushed me, and I'm ready to fight. And we'll see what the UFC brings. Interesting,
1: open. I'd open, but as you say, would be now would be the right time. You know, he came, he was he broke in so young as well, didn't he? Initially, when he was in the UFC, came away, was he was at Strike Falls, wasn't he, for many years? Came The like,
2: champion as well, he was. Yeah, you
1: know, I think not a lot of people would have felt maybe you know he was going to get to the heights coming back, but he did. He, he had some he great did,
0: too.
1: amazing he fights, he was on a bit of a bad run, as you said last week, so he needed this. And, uh, yeah, I think just staying active helped him. It's definitely helped him. You know, I know it's obvious to say Nick being away for so long. Uh, yeah. The, the weight cut, you know, and then fighting another 15 pounds heavier than they should have done. A lot of factors there, wasn't there, Chris?
2: There, what like, the, there was, like I could say... I, I mean, I, I read stuff like the last couple of days since the fight, and you know, he, a lot of people have come out on his side of the camp saying um, this wasn't the fight he wanted. He wanted to come back a little later on in the year, and UFC sort of forced him into this fight. He didn't want a five rounder either. He wanted a three rounder. It, it's you know, it's a lot of you know hearsay, he, he say sort of thing, isn't it? Cause, you know, obviously we're never going to know the truth of that, but um, unfortunately, this is the way it goes. You, you, you're out the octagon or cage, whatever you you know, wherever you're fighting for so long. And you're not evolving. You get caught, but like I said, it was nice to see him. Maybe not come back. Maybe give Nick Diaz, you know, the the you know, thank you for what you've done for the sport. But we don't we don't need to see that. You know, a legend like Nick Diaz, you know, to go down like that because he he goes out in the shield of the Diaz brothers. You know that. So it was it was hard one to see.
1: Absolutely, Robbie Lawler. Back in the win column, and as Chris says, it's a bit open-ended. Will he call a, you know, will he call time on his career? Will he have another fight? Um,
2: we'll see. Joking
1: against the top guys, you know, he's had a bit of a bad run, hasn't he? So yeah, we will see. And Chris, are we moving on to the fantastic Valentina Shevchenko? And as you put there in the headline, just far too good for Laura Murphy, former Invicta champion herself, fifteen and five now. Uh, yeah, heavy, heavy favourite, Chris. And uh, understandably so. And the fight went how we felt it was going to go. Very, uh, very one-sided, very lopsided.
2: Yep, listen, uh, Shevchenko is far too good for flyweights. Um, There's no one in that division that's going to come close to her. You know what I mean? She took Laura Murphy down when she wanted. She used the ground and power when she wanted. You know what I mean? She lit up Laura Murphy you Know just the, the strikes. If you look at the output of the strikes and the significant strikes, way, way, way ahead of Lauren Murphy. Mm. Um, she finished it in a fourth with TKO. I got that wrong, I did say first round, but I did say TKO, so mm. one of the you know got You're one right there. there. I'll give you it, I'll give you it because that was how it was stopped. Um, dude, she's just too good. I mean, there's yeah. no one in that in, in that flyweight division for Shevchenko to challenge her. Um, it, it, it's, it's difficult really to sort of pull anything out of this fight because. She's just too good. There was there's nothing there. We'll go, well, maybe this person might challenge her and make a difficult fight in that division. There's no one in that division.
1: Two two ladies that need to come to loggerheads again eventually, as we have Brother said. For the trilogy.
2: Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's, it's the,
1: that's the only conceivable thing now, isn't it? Because as you say, she's just going to hammer people in that division anyway. Um, there's only one lady at present, and I'm sure she would love to get you know another chance
2: at her. Oh, 100%, yeah. She's called yeah. out Nunes plenty of times, you know yeah. what I mean? it's got, to, so be, it's got, to, it's happen, got to be done,
1: oh, yeah, I agree with you. Please make that fight, will you, the matchmakers at UFC?
2: Well, you know, Sean Shelby and Nick Maynard, give them a call. All right, we'll move on to the, the, the big men. Heavyweight, saying,
1: always. We like our heavyweights, Chris, don't we? And do. Yeah, as we said last week, it went pretty much, if Curtis Blades was going to win, he had to you know get him he had to get him down didn't he as well you know and he he did that he did that time and time again uh you know what were your thoughts
2: uh quite boredom fight if i'm completely honest <laughs> with you um I I, I I expected that i didn't i didn't expect yeah. um Blurred blades to stand up with roach and no. strike would be absolutely stupid sure no if he did um yeah yeah you know, we did get caught a few times you know he had to cut under mm. his eye as well and he was struggling with that with the vision of his eye as well throughout the fight. Um Curtis Blades does what Curtis Blades wants to do when it comes to strikers like uh Rosenstrikes. and you know, he got caught by Derek Lewis, didn't he? But he was, you know, on top of Derek Lewis for the whole fight until Derek Lewis hit him with that, you know, soul-destroying uppercut that sent him to Mars. But um, Rosenstrike hasn't got that power. is very technical. you know, he's a kickboxer, so you know what I mean. He needs space. Curtis Blades wasn't ever going to give him that space. I mean, he took him down. He beat him up on the ground. And that's what Curtis Blades does. His call-outs were a bit weird at the end. He called out Miotic. And after that fight, you're not going to get Miotic. And then he called for the winner or loser of the Ngannou, um could, garn fight. After that performance, you're not going to get those I hear,
1: fights. I could hear booing in the crowd, Chris. They wanted a, they wanted a strike fest. But he stuck to his guns. I know it's not exactly, you know inspiring or pleasing for us but he's done he's done what he had to do in the same token because oh, no, he, he couldn't have got into a fist fight with him it just he knew that and, and you you said it last week he's got to go to his bread and butter you know but I can see it from the fans perspective as well you know hmm. I can, you can understand this booing they want they want it to be a hundred mile an hour don't they heavy shots sometimes just,
2: yeah but you know what it's not like that, you know what I mean? You've got to appreciate everything, and fighters have got to win the way they've got to win. Um, you, know, you look at George Saint Pierre over the years, if he was facing a striker, he was never going to stand up and fight with the striker. No. He was going to take him down and he was going to beat him up on the ground, and that's what the plan was. And more to him, you know what I mean? You're not always going to excite the fans with these sort of fights. Um, you know, I think more people probably look forward to him getting knocked out like Derek Lewis did, you know, than him actually having a boring fight and sitting on the guy and beating him up. That's what Curtis Blades does. The thing is, I found the fight boring. It wasn't a case of him just taking it down, but there was just nothing. There was, there was nothing about it. And then calling out Miocic, not happening. Calling out who, for the winner of a gone game, not going to happen.
1: Who? So who for Blades next? Okay, I it's like what? I like posing. I always pose this one to you after a big fight.
3: Uh, yeah,
1: who? If, if not them guys, who would you be? Who's going to be getting in there with next?
2: Well, if you look above him, everybody else is. Taken obviously Miocic is out at the moment. Miocic isn't going to take the fight. I'd say Miocic would want the winner of and and guard himself. And after that, that's it. Below him, you know, is Derek Lewis. I can't see that being rematched. Uh, Volkov, who's fighting in the next couple of weeks, I think. Obviously, maybe, but I think you know, I, mean, I can't see that happening. Tom Aspinall's there. And Tom Aspinall's four on the bounce. I was waiting for you to say in I think. Uh, That'd be a good, thing, and that'd be a big test. Big, for test, big test for Tom Aspinall yeah, if he was though, going in against Curtis Blades. It's
1: brilliant for him, and you know we can
2: really see then. You know, very undecised, though, Stuart, because Curtis Blades
1: is yeah, a big, big guy. He's a big dude. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that you know he's a modern heavyweight, isn't he, Tom Aspinall? You know, he's got speed, but as you say, this is it. We need we need the barometer. We need to see where. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I 100%, 100%, yeah. 100%, 100%, 100% agree, you know,
2: 100% agree.
1: It's full of killers, it's full of killers, as, as always, isn't it?
2: Well, it's getting better. I love heavyweight at the moment, because you're getting fresh guys coming in, and it's not just typical bangers. They're, they are for all array of skill sets that are coming in now, and you're seeing heavyweights moving faster. You know, where Brock Lesnar was there, okay, I wasn't Brock, Brock Lesnar's biggest fan in MMA, and you know, what, you know that, um, but... He moved fast, and that's what scares other heavyweights because, you know, they like to stand and slug. These guys coming in now, you're gone. They move fast. They're very technical. Tom Aspinall's technical. Um, but, yeah, um, let, let's move forward. Uh, so Bellator, Bellator yes. this
1: week. Huge, huge card in London. There's been a lot of um, radio advertisement for this. They're trying to get seats sold uh, obviously leading up to it. And it is Douglas Lima against our very own Michael Venom-Page for a second time, Chris. I, for one, am looking forward to this. It's good to have Bellator back, you know, a big a big card, and especially here in the UK. You know, we're very heavy on UFC, as to be expected. So, yeah, yeah it'd be nice nice, nice to come to Bellator because they're doing some good stuff, aren't they, Chris? And, you know, this, this is no exception, this huge, huge bout. No,
2: I mean, the first fight, the was very competitive in the first, the, well, the two rounds it was uh, going for. Um, Venom Page is very unorthodox. He's system. Um, if you watch him, okay, he hasn't fought hard fights. And I've always said this when we spoke about my um, MVP, he hasn't fought the caliber of fighters to test him, really. Lima was really the first fighter that actually tested him. Um, and Lima was, you know, trying to work him out. And when he worked him out in the first round, you, you see it, he comes in, Lima kicks his legs from underneath him, and as MVP's trying to bounce back up, he hits him with a nasty uppercut, finishes the fight. But between that point and him getting finished, Lima was working him out. Lima was working out, you know, how to engage him, where where the movement's coming from. I see the same thing happen again. I like Venom Page. I like Venom Page. But the difference is, if Lima came into the UFC, Lima would be a top welterweight. I think if Venom Page came into the UFC... And this is no knock because I like Venom Page. He's a Brit and we like to follow our Brits. Mm-hmm. But if Venom Page came into UFC and went to 170 where there's some really heavy wrestlers, mm-hmm. you get you get found out yeah. very, very quickly.
1: That's it. You know, he's got name value. But as you say, what would be the point? And, he, you know, he, he might know that. the dial, mightn't But, yeah, um, I'd say they're pushing it. There's a lot. There's been radio adverts for weeks. So obviously trying to get the tickets sold for it. They do, they do well. They do well with the, the
2: crowds over there, Don't, over here, should I say? You know. Yeah, but you know what, Bellator have some really good British fighters on their on their roster anyway. But you know what I mean people need to realise it's not just UFC. There is Bellator. There is ONE FC. There is a new um, organisation starting soon, which has got better fighter pay and they're bringing in um, retirement pay. Really looking after the fighters. Um, I can't remember what the name was now. I'll have to get it for you. Um, but that's a new organisation that's coming in, and I think that might piss Dana right off a bit, you know, because obviously Jake Paul keeps throwing him in that light night like, of not paying his fighters. Do you know the right amount of money? You've um,
1: said about it. You've said how they're underpaid. You know, when you how do look you think at the, underpaid? you know what? the, the boxes are getting paid, and uh, you know the payouts of the boxes are uh, real. But yeah, maybe you know, be food for thought for Dana if this promotion does get a bit of steam ahead of itself.
2: No, we'll get if it gets a bit of traction, yeah. We'll put, yeah. put this whole Fighter's Pay back in the limelight. And you know, it is one of them. I'd like to say, we can have this argument about Fighters' pay all day long, but we'll move on swiftly um to this weekend. And I, I like this picture, Stuart. Santos,
1: Tiago Santos, and the colourful Johnny Walker Chris, <laughs> We've seen some stuff of him, you know, outside the octagon, turning up to Wayne's nearly tripping over. He's a character. He's a character. Big, big, big fight this, Chris. I'm not sure where you're going to go with this one. I, I'm thinking Thiago Santos for the victory. What, what are your feelings on this one?
2: Santos hasn't looked great, really, since John Jones. We had this conversation a few yeah. weeks ago where people thought, yeah. well, with Anthony Smith and we covered Anthony Smith's fight, um, people fight John Jones and he seemed to go on a really weird curve. I know Santos um, did his ACL um, and some of her sort of injuries to his leg, didn't he, uh, in that fight? Um, against John Jones, the thing with um Johnny Walker is Johnny Walker, he's wild, isn't he? Johnny Walker, and he's got a lot of power. Tiago to- Santas has one probably one of the most powerful check hooks in there at one at one uh, 185, as I said, at 205. Uh, he he, he knocked out uh Jan Behovic, our current lightweight champion, with that check hook, that very check hook. He um knock down Glover Teixeira, who's facing Jan Bojovic in a couple of weeks' time with that very same check hook. Um, he's dangerous. You know how hard his leg kicks are. Okay, he didn't throw them at Rakic. Rakic is just s- something else. I think Rakic is just some sort of block where some fight- fighters who are normally good at certain aspects, he just stops them dead. Um, I just think this is going to be a case where Johnny Walker's going to have to throw something wild and catch Thiago Santos, because if he doesn't, I think Thiago Santos is going to, We'll take control of this whole fight, um, and I'll probably see a, a KO win for Tiago Santos. Probably second to third round mm-hmm. with that check hook. If he doesn't, if he doesn't kill his legs with the leg kicks,
1: that'll be the way it goes. Yeah, I, I had Tiago, I have Tiago winning. I should say present tense when I'm saying that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'd say look, 21 and nine, Johnny Walker, 18 and five. It uh, should be a good test. Where, where is it? Where, where are they fighting?
2: That's a good question. I didn't, I didn't. I think it's Vegas. I think it's Vegas. Okay. And oh, imagine it be, yeah, I'd imagine it'd be Vegas.
1: So, yeah, we'll watch out for that. We're we'll watching out for the Bellator as well, which is in London. And Chris, oh, so right, here, here we go. Stuart.
2: Actually, Jay before he's
1: we... watching us, how
2: are you doing, Chile? Former guest of the show, we'll have to get him back on soon. Well, there you here yeah. you go then. For MVP in Lima, you can catch the main card from nine <laughs> o'clock on BBC iPlayer. No excuses, BBC That's iPlayer 9 pm. UK,
1: for our UK people. Um, yeah. fantastic I know they've really done well coming over to the BBC and then iPlayer being how it is so that's good you know free free to view free to view for the fans obviously oh yeah anything else coming in
2: that is uh, far as I know hold on yeah that's,
1: that's it more that comments this week we thank you for your comments and the, and, the, and the new people that have
2: come in and joined us yeah. we appreciate oh, yeah.
1: it yeah it's great seeing new viewers um, you know, we, we enjoy doing this every week and it's good. It's good. There's there's a lot of comments actually, a lot of good uh, perspectives on it, and that's what it's about opinion sometimes. Well, we all, yeah, we, we, all all combat, opinion. we all have an We all love combat sports, we've all got that in common. Uh Chris, before we go, where can they find you? The viewers on the you? socials.
2: Yes, no problem. Um they can find me on Twitter at, at Van Hume. they can find me on Instagram at Van Hume 86 and scrolling the bottom of your screen you can find both me and Stuart on our very own page on Facebook I've put the link there right going across the screen absolutely and I've
1: been Stuart Palmer Stu's Wrestling Podcast will be a new episode coming out I've had the golden Chaos on today and yeah uh, Big Daddy um this is why we're a bit later we have to move the time around so yeah Chris thank, thanks for moving the time around there as I just uh, needed that extra half an hour Uh, great story about him he's a Hall of Famer over in America as well he's managed so many people ex-WWE guys um, on the independent circuit Uh, he'd been on Jerry Springer as well so we spoke about that he's done a lot of TV and stuff like that great guy he's absolutely brilliant so yeah that will be out, and then yeah we'll be back next week Chris as well next Tuesday next Tuesday we'll sort the time out won't we and we'll be back for episode 32 of Powerful.tv big Fight weekly with myself, Stuart Palmer, and my cousin and co host, Chris
2: Hughes. All right, see you guys then.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.